Ding. I found the cure for diabetes. Yeah, but that's <laughs> ice water. <laughs> episode 34 of comical podcast i'm your host justin corbett with me is merman hello everybody bringing it back old school here <laughs> and miguel how you doing miguel has m- multiple personalities in case you're not familiar <laughs> with that and then of course we have my lovely wife heather what's up guys and we have an exceptionally special guest this week mr joshua williamson school hello uh, josh is Hi. writer of several ongoing series uh, most notably from image he's got ghosted nailbiter and the upcoming book Birthright. 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 The name is yeah. all of a sudden. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It, it's funny because it wasn't always called Birthright. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to say what it was always what it used to be called. But it was literally called something else until like a week before we announced it. Hmm. So I'll be talking to people and I will call it the wrong thing constantly. So there's a part of me just now that was... The fact that you couldn't remember the name, I was like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I haven't written down. I just, we're kind of scatterbrained today. We got here a little bit too late because of the traffic, so. Could get bad. I mean, instead of calling Birthright, he could be, hey, are you reading my new book, Afterbirth? What? (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and call it Birthright. (laughs) (laughs) Stick with that one. Well, after everything we went through with the title, I mean, we were calling it something else for the last year because I, I made the deal like with Skybound, like we knew we were gonna do it. We started working on it last spring, and I mean, and when I say last spring, I mean like 2013 spring. And so we had it all like we had this title, and we all knew we couldn't keep it, and it just kept coming back and forth. And like it was just a bunch of drama, not drama. Drama's the wrong word. Like it was my editor was telling me that he was having like panic attacks about it because he was getting so frustrated because we kept trying to figure out the right title. And then we finally settled on Birthright. Um, yeah, like the week before we announced the book. I'm sure that's hard coming up with a perfect title for your books. Dude, Nailbiter was the easiest. <laughs> you know, but before it was at Image, it was sort of at another publisher. Like, it wasn't contracted, but all the editors and all the people approved it. It's just one person on the Hollywood side vetoed it before we took it to Image. Mm-hmm. And that was really one of the ways we actually were selling it to them. Was they just liked the title so much. They were like, no, the title nails it. Like, it's perfect for the tone of the book. Yeah, it is a great title and a great book. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, we like to start every episode by talking about the books from this week. Uh, what we read mm-hmm. were our favorites. I bought my books, but I haven't read them yet. Like, I actually went to the store today and picked up all my comics, but I haven't read any yet. So, no complete spoilers. <laughs> well, that's okay. Even if you can't talk about this week, maybe you can talk about something you've read recently that you enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pick up a lot of books every week, so I can definitely talk about stuff that I like. Okay. Well, Miguel, uh, what were your top two books for this week? Number two was The Last Broadcast, number four. That's a great book. Yeah, it was. It was a really good book. It's kind of crazy, though. All kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff going on. It's been, a crazy, <laughs> it's been a crazy series. Well, it's being written by Andre Sarangelo and drawn by Gabriel E. Muzark. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right, but I'm probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, and it's the story of this aspiring magician who falls in with a bad crowd of other magicians who have somehow found the secret basement of this well-known former magician who was considered the best escape artist of all time. And the story has been really interesting because a lot of it has been underground. It's between these two factions of kind of warring magician gangs. And there's a lot of secrets and a lot of mystery and a lot of codes that they're constantly trying to figure out and crack. And it's just a really interesting story, especially this issue, because one of the guys gets trapped by the other side. 
and you're kind of seeing things from the other people's perspective, which you haven't seen yet so far in the story. Uh, I'm trying to explain this in a way without giving anything away. I hear you. <laughs> no, it's a great book. I mean, seriously. Uh, what I think when it first came out, my, it was my number one uh, when the first issue came out. I was just like, wow, this is really kind of interesting. You know, they go into this hole and trying to find this stuff. I'm like, it's a good book, so I really like it. I know you were surprised when I told you those. Yeah, it's not you. usually your cup of tea. You usually mm. go for more of the superhero stories. Not really. You know, some dark <laughs> stuff here and there. Now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If it's Batman, you know I love it. <laughs> my number one, another one I'm going to just blow your mind away today. My number one was Life After, number two. I love that book. That's actually my number one as well. That's uh, written by Joshua Health Yalkov, who we just found out is a good friend of Joshua's. Nice. Yeah, huh. nice. one of my best friends. I talk to him uh, every single day. I'll tell him that you liked his book. We love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. Like <laughs> He told so much story within just two issues. I know. It's nutty. He's really good at pacing stuff, and he's really good at shoving information in there, but in a way that doesn't feel like he's shoving information in there. Exactly. I mean, the pacing was just great. And I love that Ernest Hemingway is one of the yeah <laughs> one of the main characters in the book. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. He's a good dude, and he's good. That I mean, I think he knows this. I told him this. I'm not telling anybody. I haven't told him directly, but I think Bunker is better. Um <laughs> you know, he knows. He knows. We've had like we've had long talks about it. I'm much more of a fan of of uh, Bunker, but I think Life After. It's interesting. Like he knows that like more people enjoy Life After more so than the Bunker, and like people, yeah, like, people love that one, man. They like they really like it. We love the Bunker as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, there's there's obviously more issues of the Bunker out already. So he's told yeah. more of that story. So I can I totally understand why you like the bunker more. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like life after is interesting. I feel like life after was something that kind of he was writing a little more on the secret side. I think over the years, and then it kind of came together really fast when we both were really busy, mm-hmm. and so we weren't sharing as much of each other's work. But like he was he was sharing me tons of bunker stuff. We were talking about the bunker all the time. And I was sharing with him like Nailbiter and Birthright stuff. But I guess it's kind of funny. Like with Ghosted, I never share anything with Ghosted with him. I don't know why. We just don't. Have you read Devilers? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I read all of his stuff because I usually get it ahead of time. Like, I get the scripts and I get the PDFs just to look at from him. Yeah, I like, I like Josh's work. Like, it's good to have, like, a good friend that you actually enjoy their work. I'm sure it helps to have somebody that good, too, because, I mean, both of you guys are incredibly talented. And, I mean, you're among my favorite image writers right now. So. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, are you looking forward to Punk's, his new yes. his next image book? Very much. <laughs> I think we pretty much pick up almost every book that Image releases now. There's, there's a <laughs> maybe hint, one or two that we don't get. <laughs> we do read almost every independent book that comes out. We're huge indie guys. That's cool. Yeah, I was thinking about that today about how like I actually get a lot of Image uh, books for free, but I get them a little bit after the books come out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll get them like right before, and sometimes I get them after. So, but I still I'll buy them. You know, like today I bought Manifest Destiny and I bought uh, Wicked and the Divine. Just I really like those books and some other image ones, but those are ones that I like. I don't want to wait for. You know, I understand that Wicked and the Divine has been fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. Look, I like it a lot. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number two book for the week was Dark Engine number two. Hey, have you read, <laughs> did you read the first issue of that? Yeah, yeah. What did you? I think? liked it. I liked that artist a lot. Yeah, I liked the artist a lot. It's good. It was uh, kind of weird, but I didn't. Get, I haven't read issue two yet, but I really liked issue one. Issue it was two pretty really crazy. kind of ties everything together that was like, confusing about issue one. Issue one was mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good concept, but it didn't really flesh anything out. Issue two really fleshed everything out. You find out more about the dragon. You find out more about the girl who's jumping through time. It tells two different stories in, in two different eras at the same time, and it does so in a really masterful way, I thought. It was really well done. Uh, the girl is just so 
cool. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy Dark Engine. Yeah, like, his, that guy's that book is really interesting too. I like that title a lot, and those covers are cool. Oh, it's good, man. There's like rarely any image books that I read now that I'm like, what is this? Like, I, I don't think that's happened in a while. Image is just doing such a good job right now. Oh yeah, they are. So many good books. Mm-hmm. Not enough money to buy. Well, them it's all. not really Image; it's all the writers. They just have <laughs> right. <laughs> they just have a great group of writers there. So many books, mm-hmm. not enough money. <laughs> yeah. Their number one was Life After Number Two as well, huh? My, my number one was Life After. My number two was Dark Engine. I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> The Marvel book I wanted to highlight for the week with all-new X-Factor number 12. Peter David's writing that one. It's actually really good. It's kind of a strange team, uh, but a lot happens in this book. Tons of content for for a short 30 pages. I mean, a lot of stuff goes on with Quicksilver. You get to see him reunited with his daughter. You get to see him tell Havoc to shove it. He's done with the Avengers. He's going to stick with X-Factor. You get to see another press conference gone awry. <laughs> you see Gambit. Oh, yeah. You get to see Gambit confront his boss after he slept with his boss's wife. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff in that book. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, as far as Marvel goes, it doesn't usually make it into our top three every once in a while here and there. But X-Factor was really good. Uh, that's, that's your book. Cool. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that was mine, too. Stop looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? Have you read anything interesting lately that you want to highlight? Uh, let me think, man. I, I read Seconds over the weekend that I liked a lot, the Brian Lee O'Malley one. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I read a lot of comics. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think if I explain this to you guys. Yeah, I read a lot. Like, I buy a ton of stuff from Marvel. Mostly Marvel and Image, a few Dark Horse, a few Boom, and... I love to hear that. We love to have writers on the show that are also oh. big fans. A little bit of DC? Oh, dude, I have a problem. That's how much I spend. <laughs> like, I have a budget that I blow every month. I mean, I mean, I really blow it, too. Because, like, I don't know. I take pictures sometimes and I post them online. Like, the amount of hardcovers and trades I get every month is pretty ridiculous. I mean, I'm spending easily over $100 every week on trades, not issues, wow. trades. Wow. So, so issues, I usually spend about $30 a week, which isn't as bad. You know, I get a 25% discount from the retailer that I go to. So I get a good amount of single issues. And then it's funny, like, I'm behind on some things. Like, I really, I love East of West, but I'm, like, four years yeah. behind on it. It's a great um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I really like Uncanny Avengers a lot. Me too. Like, that Rupert Rander one. I've been reading Captain America, reading Uncanny Avengers. What else? Uh, I like Bendis' X-Men. Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy, I just reread all of them. Did you love the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird date for me, too. Like, I had some, like, family drama earlier in the morning, and I was like, oh, my God, am I going to, like, like, kind of family drama. Not anything serious, but just, like, stuff happens that's on your head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, I went really early. I went to, like, a 10 o'clock showing that Friday. And I thought, oh, man, like, I really want to see this movie. I hope I can actually focus on the movie and not be, like, pissed the whole time. And there was, like, just that weird moment where, like, I realized I hadn't thought about anything other than the movie while watching the movie toward the end. And I was like, oh, this movie's awesome. So I, it kept my attention. Like, my mind never wandered. Yeah, those those you know? scenes with Star-Lord dancing just suck you in. And then... Oh, yeah, of course, man. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I got home, and I I had some of the songs from the mixtape already. Like, just, you know, already had them. But I went and uh, bought the mixtape, bought the score. Same. And I have been listening to that while I've been working. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's I got a great a, soundtrack. It is awesome. The score is really good too. The score is is really solid. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get so many freaking books, dude. Like, I get packages probably like two or three times a week with books in it. And my my it was funny. My girlfriend, uh, I bought her the the Gilmore Girls box set, <laughs> and it came in the mail today. And she just like put it next to my office. Like she had no idea it was for her because she just assumed that it had to be for me, right? Uh, but like. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what I got recently in trades that I got this week. Because I got a box this week. It had, like, oh, man, it was so much stuff in there. It was one of the Guardians of the Galaxy collections. 
It had Powers Volume Six, the hardcover. It had the Infinity Gauntlet Omnibus. It had the Daredevil Volume Three, like the Mark Wade Omnibus, for like the big collection that collects like fourteen issues or something like that. Mm-hmm. What else did I get? God, I'm like looking at my shelf because I already put everything away. I bought the Watchmen Artist Edition today. Okay. Yeah, I buy a lot of junk. Dude. <laughs> I bought amazing. I buy a lot of amazing comics, but I buy a lot of stuff like. I get, you know, every year I get the Marvel, big Marvel crossover, whatever it is. Like, I've been getting Original Sin. I love Daredevil. Daredevil's freaking amazing. Yeah, the, I got the, last that issue, the, the last issue of that tie-in is really good. It almost made it into our list. Oh, I haven't, I haven't read Seven. I got Seven today. I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward to it because I really like that artist, too, the one who fills in sometimes. Mm-hmm. I read the Buffy comics. Yeah. And I read a lot of the Image ones, um, like Black Science and Pretty Deadly and Deadly Class. Um, yeah, we like I got some earlier, Manifest Destiny. What? Yeah, we like those, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they're good. You read yeah, the whole list. <laughs> um, I got the Racket Raccoon, like, the old collection recently. That was something else I bought. Or uh, I'm friends with Steve Orlando, so I was getting PDFs of that. I didn't get that trade yet, though. Yeah, he's a, uh, yeah Steve's a, a good friend of the show. He's one of the first guys we had on, and we've kept in touch with him big time. Dude, I've known Steve since he was, like, a kid. Because he's young now. But I've known him since he was, like, I don't know, 18, maybe? Oh, wow. Man. Um... He's been doing this for a long time, dude. It's so funny. Like, he's one of those guys who it's like Orlando, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Undertow just came out. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was doing conventions and doing comics conventions almost as long as I have. Like, maybe two or three years less than me, I think. Maybe a little more. Like, I, I this last San Diego Comic-Con was my 21st year going to San Diego Comic-Con. I've been going since I was a, I've been going since I was a kid, like a little kid. Wow. And so for him, uh, I met him at one of the shows. I don't know what year it was. It might have been two thousand six or seven. So he's been doing this a long time. Like he's been making comics, and like finally he was able to get Undertow out there. Uh, and it looks awesome, and it's cool because it's like totally his voice as a creator. But he's been able to sort of develop it over the years. Like he's a very defined. I think that's one of the things with a lot of creators you, you that I see is some of them just don't have a voice. They don't have a style. Mm-hmm. And he definitely has a style. Like he has a he has a point of view and what he wants to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, he, he sent us a copy, a signed copy of his first book, Octobriana. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a long time ago, too. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, comparing that to what we read with Undertow, you can definitely see his voice. I mean, he's mm-hmm. writing the most crazy stuff you can think of. <laughs> yeah. I know, dude. I remember the first time I read that. Well, he, uh, it's funny. So, like, when you're, you know, when you're coming up, the moment you get, like, one or two books out there, like, people will start sending you shit. Like, pitches, comics, whatever, right? And, like, or just straight out asking you, like, help to the keys of the kingdom as if it's that easy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times you have to be very friendly and nice. You know, you don't want to blow people off because you get it. You, I was there, too, you know? Like, I, I understand that everyone wants in or whatever. And you get a lot of junk. Like, a lot of people send pitches to you. And I don't look at pitches anymore because I just can't because you can get... I've heard. I've had other friends get in trouble for looking at pitches, Mm-hmm. Like, later on, someone tries to sue them kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And so, back when I would still look at pitches, Steve sent me one that was, like, one of the best pitches I've ever read. And I was just like, oh, I'll help this guy forever. <laughs> like, it was that good. Like, I was like, I will I will look at stuff for this guy. I will talk to him about stuff. I will, like, help him out where I can. Because the pitch was just that, that freaking good. And it's for something that he hasn't done yet. I'm still trying to get him to do it. But I still think it's one of the best things I've ever read from somebody. Yeah, that book's cool. I like Undertow. Um, 
but yeah, I get a lot of stuff. Like I get, you know, Spider-Man 2099. Like I'm obsessed with Spider-Man 2099. Miguel too uh, loves that he has a superhero with the same name. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, yeah. Somebody told me I don't know if this is true or not, and I didn't read it in the first issue. Is he calling himself Michael in the past? Yeah, because he doesn't want anybody to no, associate him with the future. I guess. Whatever. I, I Somebody pointed that online. I didn't realize it. Because I've read both issues. I read the two that came out, and I read Superior Spider-Man. Or did. I, I loved it. I still read Amazing. Us too. Um, I didn't realize he was calling himself Michael. <laughs> Whatever. That's such a silly thing. I don't know. That annoys me. <laughs> um, what else do I read, dude? Well, I'm going to look at companies. Let me think of companies. So, like, BPRD and Hellboy, Dark Horse, Buffy, uh, Boom, uh, RB Dead Letters. Dead yes. Letters. <laughs> I love Dead Letters. Yeah, Chris is a friend, too. He's a local uh, Portland guy. We just went and saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre a couple weeks ago. Awesome. And Snowpiercer. So, boom, yeah, Dead Letters, uh, Lumberjanes. Sometimes I get Adventure Time. Like, it depends what kind of mood I'm in, I think. I don't always get them. I always, uh, I always get them. I love Adventure Time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just... Dude, it's so funny. My girlfriend the other day was like... She really... She loves regular show. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh, have you ever watched Adventure Time? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've watched, like, a good chunk of it. I haven't watched all of it. Like, I'm not 100% caught up. I think I've watched most of the first two seasons. And she was like, oh, I want to watch it. Dick, do you want to watch it? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Let's watch some Adventure Time. We just watched the, the Tree Trunks episode where she bites into that apple. Uh-huh. Dude, I love that. It's, like, one of the funniest things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> it is. Uh-huh. Oh, man, what else do I get? I get it. I get you know what's weird? Like, one of the few Marvel books I don't get is I don't buy the Avengers books. And as soon as I'll randomly get an issue. Like, I love Cannonball and Sunspot. And so I saw that Nick Spencer was doing that Cannonball. Like, there was a cover with Cannonball and Sunspot on it. I'm like, I'll read that. Uh, so I picked that up. Let me think what else here. Image, I get a ton of stuff. Dark Horse. IDW? IDW. The only thing at IDW I got really was Lock and Key. Which is oh, cool. yeah. It's one of Miguel's favorite series. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, so good. So good. I wish, I wish, and I forgot to do it this, every year I forget, but I want to go buy all the keys, right? Like, they have them, they have some at the booth. Sometimes you can get them on the website, uh-huh. but I don't want to pay for shipping. I just want to buy them, but there's usually a line, there's all kinds of junk. Dude, I buy, seriously, one of the reasons why I spend so much money on trades and, and hardcovers is because, so I, I, a lot of times I'll go to like cheap graphic novels or I'll go to in-stock trades. And in-stock trades, if you spend over $50, it's free shipping. Hmm. And every week they have new books up that are 50% off. And they're brand new. It's all like the new stuff for 50% off. And a lot of times if you order one week, the next week you get an additional 2%. So it'll be 52% off. So, like, last week, I got the the, the Fury hardcover, the, the Garth Ennis Fury hardcover. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I got that. I got a bunch of other stuff because it was all, like, 52% off. And I'm like, well, I can't beat that. It's free shipping. Of course I'll get all that stuff. <laughs> um, you know. half off. How could you say no? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You know, um, it's, my, it's my money. <laughs> um, but, uh, I yeah. Remember, I, I spend a lot of money on comics every week too i mean i read probably 25 to 35 books every single week we usually oh, man. yeah that's a lot we usually read them all wednesday and then record on thursday holy okay. crap yeah so you guys read them all on wednesday dude i wish i could i wish i could do that oh 
It's tough. When do you find time? Do you read them like, oh, because you record on Thursdays, so you just read them on Wednesdays? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't know. I read a lot. Of, IEW, I'm trying to do what IEW I get otherwise. I got this uh, this Little Nemo comic that came out today. I picked that up. I went to pick up Life After, and I picked up Little Nemo. <laughs> and yeah. I put it in my uh, and I looked at it, and I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> I turned around and went back and got Life After. <laughs> well, I like, you know, I like Gabriel Rodriguez a lot from Lock and Key, and he's the artist on that Little Nemo book, so it's like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it. It looks awesome. He's so good, dude. It's so crazy to think that like Lock and Key was like the first thing that he did, you know. I'm sure it's the first. I'm really disappointed if I didn't get life after. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. We talk a lot about other people's books and what books you read and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about your stuff. I suppose we could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, our listeners may not know what your stories are about, so let's let's start with Ghosted, I guess. Why don't you go ahead and talk? Uh, okay. Uh, Ghosted is. Ocean's Eleven in a haunted house instead of a casino. About a guy named Jackson Winters who was broken out of prison by this old rich collector who has this like extensive supernatural collection, but it feels like his collection is missing one thing, and that was a ghost. And so he wanted Jackson, who is this uh, like ex-master planner who'd been in prison for ten years, over ten years. Uh, he breaks him out, and he wants him to go to this haunted house and try to steal a ghost for him. And then bad things happened. And Jackson and the survivors are now kind of dealing with what happened in the haunted house and sort of Jackson's past and how it keeps catching up with him and how he's sort of this guy who's done a lot of bad things in his life and he's going to keep paying for it. And there's other stuff going on. There's like other supernatural things. Like the second arc was about um, this cult in Mexico who was kidnapping people who had been possessed. Uh, (laughs) what's that dude i love mexico i i usually go once a year for a week um that's where i got this idea for this story i was in mexico i was on a well i knew i was going to do it in mexico but then i actually was in mexico for a week and it totally changed how i was writing the story but uh yeah they went down they, they they kidnapped him and or they kidnapped these people that are possessed and they make them write books of the dead so all those like different sort of books that are out there like economicons that are kind of like out there are all from this one cult who they make these people write them and i like how you did the thing at the end so if the girls have finished writing everything they could they would get them alive and use their skin for the books <laughs> yeah yeah well i'll try to build attention make it you know make it fucked up for the uh the reader you got to make them i mean they're bad guys and they can't always be I mean, one of the things with my writing I try to always show is that not that there's consequences, but ever nothing is ever easy and nothing is ever what it seems. Yeah. You know, yeah, so the book's mostly about Jackson. And, like, right now, issue 12 just came out last week, and he got arrested again at the end of 10. And so now it's about how the FBI is sort of, like, wise to the fact that he is a, a magnet for these supernatural things, and they want his help in figuring out what's going on in the world. Like, why are all these weird things happening? You know, they're getting worse, so he wants to know, they want to know what it is, and they feel like Jack's someone that could help them. Yeah, right now I'm waiting for Sam and Dean to show up, you know, because they got the supernatural feel going there. <laughs> Dude, it's on my mind all the time. Like, uh, it's funny, God, I came up with this idea, not, when did I, oh, like, so I turned in the script for issue one on Halloween of 2011, and... Supernatural was definitely on my mind. Like I, I loved, I loved that show. I'm just like yes. years behind now. I'm so far behind. It's like embarrassing. Like I have other friends who love it, and we'll talk about stuff. And I'm like, I have no. Let's put it like this. I'm gonna tell you something. If you guys are fans of that show, you're gonna laugh. I haven't watched since the Angels showed up. Wow. That's right. That's like time. that's like season four, beginning of season four. That's when Castiel was coming. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I barely know stuff with him. Like, I've only seen a little bit of stuff with him. 
And so like, I've seen more than I think because there's times where I talk to you about it or I start to like, just, like rewatch. And I'm like, oh, I did see all these. I just don't remember them really well. Uh, but I mean, I love those first three seasons. Like so much about it, the music, the car, you know, so freaking good. But yes, Ghosted, if I could do a Sam and Dean crossover, I totally would. <laughs> I mean, you know, I really like the book. It's like, really calls me being the supernatural type stuff and thing. And of course being Hispanic, I know about all the craziness about the people in Mexico and all this, all these knuckleheads and all this stuff they believe in these demons and whatnot and so forth. So the book like calls to me and I really do like it. I think it's an amazing book. Uh, and we did read all the issues. We're pretty much current on this and it's just so great. I like all the secondary characters. Like, yeah, I loved Anderson and I love trick. Love the girl who's dead now. And <laughs> yeah. Were you upset about trick? I was. Yeah, I was kind of like, you, 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 oh, actually, I said, you bastard. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was supposed to die in five. Like, when he got possessed. Oh, that was cool, too, by the way. Oh, that, was, that was really Off and awesome. on, off and yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, well, Anderson was supposed to kill him in that. And, like, for what it didn't work out. I don't know, I don't know the exact, like, conversation I had with, with Skybound, but it was one of those things where we were like, nah, we don't need to kill him here. And, and then I was writing six at the same time as I was, thinking about that and i was like you know what like trick would totally be crashing on his couch um, <laughs> and then it became this whole thing and that's when he got more of a you know a prominent role i mean that's one of the problems i think with the first arc is that there's like so many characters it was hard for me to focus on anybody other than jackson but now with the second arc i was able to have it be just trick and then some of the bad guy characters kind of sprinkle through and then now in this arc the next arc is just jackson nina and Oliver King, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. it like able to streamline things makes it a little easier. The story's gotten really... better and better with each issue. I think that Thanks, you know, man. it's really gotten to a great point now. And I'm really excited to see Trick's son. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little evil evil bastard. But it's funny about Trick's son is that, you know, because he was in, you saw him in 12, like he had, uh, he was making a deal with that girl right. about the stalking thing. And... The thing about him is that, you know, Jackson doesn't know. Like, we know. And one of the things that's going to be a lot in this big, this next arc is this idea that Jackson doesn't know that Trick's son is a bad person. And so for him, it's difficult to tell someone, like, your father is dead. Yeah. You know, like, dealing with that, but also, like, he's going to feel protective because he feels guilty, right? Like, he feels guilty because of Trick's death, that, that he's going to be in denial and blind to the fact that um, Trick's son is kind of a, a shitty person. When everyone else around him is going to see it but him. Okay. Oh, that's great. I love the artwork too. That's uh Well Davide. Davide John Felice. He's the, the regular artist, and then we get uh Goran comes in and does the fillers, and then we're gonna have another artist come in and do another filler soon. But yeah, man, Davide, I, we got so lucky with him. Because he did Northlanders, he did Daredevil Reborn. He's done a bunch of stuff I really like, and we tried to get him at one point when we knew Goran couldn't stay on full time and then we weren't sure it was gonna work out and then it finally worked out and it was perfect. I mean he's done such a good job. Like it it's not like he's copying Goran, he's made his own his own, but it still works. Yeah, you I, know? Love, I love the style of all the ghosts too, because yeah. they're all like this mm -hmm. weird shadowy trans translucent kind of thing. But they're all kind of on the outskirts. You don't really see them. Too. Yeah, you'll see there's gonna be a different kind of ghost in uh that ghost that was in twelve that was red. Yeah, the one that was chasing the behind the, the girl, yeah. the sister. Yeah. <laughs> Because those ghosts are, like, you'll see eventually, like, Anderson talks about, there's something wrong with those ghosts. Because hmm. uh, you see Anderson, she's a ghost, but she has, you know, she can talk. Yes, she and can she, talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she can transform and all that kind of stuff. She can transform into, like, a nightmare version of herself, but she still has a form of control. Mm -hmm. uh, or shows what she thinks. But uh, those red ghosts, 
they're like closer to zombies than than how she is. And so when she finally, so when she sees one of those, it actually freaks her out. You know, she's this badass person, but there's a part of her when she sees that, realizes that there's actually something wrong. You know, like it finally starts to set in that she's not human anymore. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. it does. It does. She also saw the image of the person that's haunting Jackson. Yeah, she <laughs> saw the Grim Reaper behind him. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Sebastian about that, but it's interesting. Like if you look at if you look at the last page of issue one, mm-hmm. when when Rusnik lied and said she didn't see all those ghosts. Yes. Um, the Grim Reaper standing behind Jackson in, in that shot. I'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. I tell people, I'm like, oh, I've been telling people for like for a long time. I'm like, we have a plan. We have a plan. It's been planned from the beginning. And yeah, if you go back and look, you can totally see the Grim Reaper standing behind Jackson there too. Oh, that's cool. Have you planned a lot of things like that that you'll discover as time goes by? Yeah. Well, I mean, look at issue twelve. Like you see, the witch was on the last page of issue twelve when she was on the first page of issue six, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of bounces back and forth, and it's all on purpose, you know? Like, I mean, you saw the end of 10, and so you saw that at the end of 10... Well, first, the fact that Anderson is a, is a ghost, if you go and look at issue 5 when she dies, she even says this isn't over. And, like, that was planned, right? Like, I knew we were bringing her back in two issues, so I had her say that. The fact that Marcus, the old man, is alive at the end of 10, if you go back and look at 5, you never actually see him die. You just see that they unleash the ghosts in the house. You yes, never saw what happened to him. That's true. So I do go back and forth a lot, and there's this, there is a big overall plan to the the series and sort of all these little clues of things that are dropped. Um, like when he met the maestro, when he met the, the master of death. Yeah. <laughs> um, he even says there are three people watching you, and he says who the three are. He says you're being watched. I don't remember the exact wording, but basically tells him, like, I can see that Anderson is watching you. I can see that the witch is watching you, but I also can see that the Grim Reaper is watching. You. Mm-hmm. He tells him that, so I already had it all set up to like let people know that, like, yeah, these these people, there is a there is a plan there, I suppose. And same thing with Nailbiter, you know, like Nailbiter is a big plan. There's little things about that bounce back and forth. And let's move, people, on, to, let's move on to Nailbiter then. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah. why don't you tell the uh, the listeners what Nailbiter is about? Uh, Nailbiter is about a town in Oregon, Buckaroo, or- it's called Buckaroo, Oregon, where 16 of the world's worst serial killers were all born and raised, and uh, they went out in the world and became these horrendous serial killers. The one of the worst of the bunch was Edward Charles Warren, who is the nailbiter who would kidnap people who chewed their nails, <laughs> and uh, you know chew them for them until he got full, and then he would kill them. Uh, he killed over 60 people, but uh, when he got arrested, he was able to get acquitted through some legal <laughs> bullshit and um, is now back home, living in back at home. Um, there was an FBI agent who was obsessed with this mystery. Uh, he really wanted to know. He was the original officer who arrested or agent who arrested Warren. And he really wants to know. He wants to know, like, what the hell, right? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? What's going on in this town? Where what's in the water? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like that's a later storyline, actually. Like, someone brings that up. Um, but yeah, like, what? What's going on here? Right? Is it a curse? Is it supernatural? You know, is it nature, nurture? Is what's happening? And so he got. He went to the town to investigate it, and he figures it out. He finds out what the thing is. He finds out the big secret. And he calls his best friend, who's an, an army interrogator, and he's like, you're the only person I can trust. I need your help. Can you come here? And so the guy, the army interrogator named Finch, he arrives, and sure enough, it's uh, his friend has gone missing when he gets there. The FBI agent has gone missing. So the one person who's figured it out, who knows the secret, has disappeared. 
Are you guys totally caught up on that book? Yes, we oh, are. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so you know what happened to Cole then. Or, to, yeah. I'm sorry, Carol. You saw what happened to Carol. Yeah, we saw Originally, it. originally Carol's name was Cole. And we changed it right before the issue came out because of True Detective. Okay, yeah. Like, we wrote these, this, I mean, that book, dude, by the time True Detective came out, we were, like, in the middle of making issue four. So when we saw his name was Cole, we were like, well, no one's going to care. And then Fialkov actually was the one who was, dude, every time I read this, all I can think about is True Detectives. you got to change it. So we changed it to Carol, which actually kind of works because of Alice in Wonderland. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, so then, um, yeah, so you know that, you know what happened to Carol, and you, you know, well, you know a little bit. You just saw what he looks like now. But you don't know what happened to him. We yet. don't know his story yet. We, yeah. <laughs> we well, saw yeah. the image of him. It was like a what the F moment. Like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure that, like, I don't know, I feel like in the first trade, the first few issues, I wanted to answer the big, one of the biggest questions, right? One of the biggest questions is what happened to Carol. So it's like, well, now you know where he is. You know he didn't, like, walk off. You know something happened to him? <laughs> he ain't walking anywhere. <laughs> oh, <Such> yeah. <laughs> so, now the mystery is going to be, like, who did that to him? Yeah. Um, that'll be sort of what goes forward. We're going to kind of give you an answer pretty quickly, but it's still going to add to another mystery on top of mysteries with that book. That's what's uh, so about it. It's layer on top of layer. And I love the creepy vibe that the book has. I mean, there's been so many cool pages. Like, the page where they're in the autopsy room. Oh. <laughs> and the lights are flickering. I mean, yeah, I'm glad that worked out because I was really worried people were going to hate it. <laughs> that's such a chilling moment. I mean, you know, you don't normally get that kind of creepy feel from a comic. Lights flicker at my house, too. I get the creepy feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you get it from TV and movies and stuff. I mean, but it really builds on the suspense and, like, really feels like a traditional thriller more so than just the typical kind of horror stuff you get nowadays. Yeah. Well, the whole point of that was I, I – so I have a list of tropes and things that I want to do in the book and, and – uh, like just and things that I think work really well in movie but movies but they don't we don't do in comics very often. And one of the main ones is the audience sees the killer but the characters don't. Okay. Um there's a lot of tension there. Like when you're watching something, I mean you know like that tension of just like fuck, like I see it <laughs> do something. Oh my god, like you feel that and so I wanted to get that in the book somehow and I yeah, you know was same. working on issue three and I realized I'm like, Oh, here's how we could do this. This can be one continuous shot. So originally it was me just one continuous shot and like Mike and I talked about it a little bit and then I realized like, Oh, maybe just a light's flickering. How can I do that? Like how can we pull that off? And it actually worked out because it was actually less stuff for Mike to have to draw because it was just black panels. Which even then if you look in those scenes, there are black panels, but in the background there were windows that went out to the hallway. Mm-hmm. And the lights are still on the hallway, so you can still see the you can still see the light from the windows. Right. So it's not completely blacked out, but I wonder. I don't know. It keeps it grounded. I think not so not so silly. I don't know. It's just such a cool thing. Like like you said, it's something you don't see in comics. It's something you see in movies and TV. And I love when writers and artists put that kind of stuff into their books. Stuff that you don't typically see. Well, I got lucky with Mike because Mike and I we worked on uh, a couple things before, and we did masks of monsters before, and we were like, I'm a big student of Scott McCloud. I really like Scott McCloud's like theories on comics. Mm-hmm. And I like Will Eisner a lot and I read his stuff, but then you get someone like Mike who like puts me to shame. Like Mike is such a student of Will Eisner that the two of us combined we just started like throwing ideas on these like Scott McCloud Will Eisner techniques. And so when we were doing Master Mobsters, we were playing with that and playing with storytelling stuff and just kind of messing around and having conversations about it. So with Nailbiter, we actually, at one point, Masks of Mobsters, we started getting to a point where we did, we knew we were going to do Nailbiter. We knew we were going to do Nailbiter, and we decided to start, like, putting ideas that were going to go to Masks of Mobsters aside. 
because it was techniques and little tricks like the lights flickering thing. In the Bendis issue, we're going to hit that a little bit. There's somebody whistling. You know, you, you can't hear in comics. Right. So, like, Bendis is hearing things that that we don't hear. Hmm. Uh, that would be interesting. So there's things like that, and like playing with sound, playing with the flickering lights, playing with the POV stuff. I mean, it's been fun. It's been like a lot of fun doing it. We don't do it as much in five. There's like only a little bit in five. Six, six is a little different. It's a standalone issue that still builds on the mystery, but isn't as as much about the way as heavy as things were in the first five issues. And then seven you, is the Bendis issue. I don't think you have to have those really cool moments in every single issue because you got enough other interesting things going on. I mean, like the girl offering her nails to Warren was yeah. pretty <laughs> was pretty twisted. <laughs> well, we get more with her. That's that she is. It, it issue six is her issue. It's a POV from her. It's all her, not her all her POV and like actual literal POV, but like it's just her perspective on the town and kind of what's going on. And the whole issue is just her and Crane because they find out that there's a woman who has arrived in Buckaroo who wants to give birth in Buckaroo, Oregon, in hopes that this kid will grow up to become a serial killer so that she can be famous <laughs> and that sounds so, right <laughs> so crane and, and crane and alice are trying to find her and help her and like because their thing is like they don't really believe in this like idea of a curse or anything like that but they definitely want to help this woman because they think that because she doesn't want she thinks that the doctors are going to try and take the baby away from her so it's this whole this whole thing but um but we try and deal with i don't know like some human elements and do with the, what's really going on i mean look at finch we haven't explored a lot, like, what's going on with him. You know a little bit. Like, you know he killed somebody. Right. But we explore that a little more in issue five. There's some stuff with that. And then moving forward, we'll, we'll get heavy with it. It's so funny because, like, I work really far ahead, right? Like, I mean, we, we're always really far ahead of stuff. And so I'm always – I forget what's come out, you know? And it's hard when I'm talking about Nailbiter particularly to not talk about what happens in issue 12, you know? It's like not talk about what happens in issue 11. And, like, Mike and I, we um, – well, everyone else was out, like, hanging out, partying during uh, Cineo Comic-Con. Him and I, like, sat in my hotel room and were just, like, plotting out stuff and making pages and working on layouts and cover designs for the for plans for the book. And it's, like, stuff is coming, like, you know, months from now where we're both, like, super excited about it. But we can't talk about it because all it does is spoil other stuff. It's fun. <laughs> it sounds fun. I can't believe how many people are, like, super happy and excited about a book about serial killers sometimes. <laughs> Sadly, I'm one of those people. Yeah, me too. America loves serial killers. I mean, I know I like I like Dexter. I like Science of the Lambs. Like I love that stuff. I mean, obviously that's where the book came from. Is that sort of fascination? But I'm surprised at how not alone I was. I suppose. I was going to ask you if you were inspired by any those old school horror movies and stuff. Uh, yeah, like Psycho. You know, <laughs> Psycho's uh, Psycho and The Shining are, you know, two of my favorite movies. Like they're in the top five. You know, Psycho usually holds that top spot. And yeah, like that one's a, that's a really big influence on that. Um, that's why if you notice, like when you see Warren's house for the first time, it's like on that it has that same staircase that goes up to his house. Huh, I didn't notice that. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, yeah, like it's it's there, man. Science of the Lambs more so with this, I think, because the idea of an FBI agent working with a serial killer is so Science of the Lambs. Like that Science of the Lambs thing. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's why we play around with that idea a little bit and sort of mess with that trope just to kind of screw around with things. But anyway, we should talk about birthright too. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about questions. I just love hearing you talk about the book. It's just amazing. I mean, you have, ask me questions, dude. Please. Well, no. I mean, it's okay. We can continue on. I mean, I'm just going to tell you. I mean, Ghosted is awesome. I'm, I'm Thanks, man. Right now, Nailbiter is freaking amazing, and I can I. Can, 
it's been in my top two every single time it's come out. We, uh, oh, man. and Thank both God. of us, we both I can't get enough work. of it. And I've, I've told my wife, I told my daughter, I've told y'all need to start reading this. <laughs> I've told a lot of people this book is freaking amazing. You kind of, my wife's a big horror kind of freak kind of person. So I said, you need to check this out. You're going to love this book. Mm-hmm. And if Birthright is anywhere near, I, I sound this is going to be awesome too because we kind of got the synopsis a little bit, and I'm excited about it as well. Thanks, man. It, yeah, Birthright. Um his idea I had back in like 2007, I think. And I was slowly developing it and it just wasn't working. And then I was on a panel about two years ago. I was on a horror panel actually about two years ago and it clicked, you know, it's one of those things where you have a conversation, you're talking about something and it just finally snapped in my head and I fixed it. I made the pitch better and cleaned it up and then went and, uh, you know, went and was pitching it to other people and kind of talking to people about it. And then I told Skybound about it and they were like, we love that. We're doing that. And uh, it's been, I, I swear, dude, it has been the most difficult scripts I've ever had to write. It's supposed to be an epic story, you know? It's supposed to be this big thing. And I, I don't even like using the word epic, but that's, like, the best way to explain it. And for me, the pressure I put on myself to make this the best it can be has been so intense. And not just me, but, I mean, like, my editors, too, man. Like, well, we are you, all on each other. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, the synopsis? So what, uh, what Birthright is about is about this uh, this dad and his son. One day they're playing in the park, and the dad uh, throws the ball into the woods. The boy chases after the ball and then never comes out of the woods. And the dad is accused of killing his son. People think that he's hiding or lying, like, you know, what happened? And it ruins his family. It just, it's a tragedy. And then one year later, the, uh, the son returns. He comes back. And it turns out that he had been uh, kidnapped by these fantasy creatures who took him to a fantasy world and told him that it is your destiny, it is your birthright to save this fantasy world, save the kingdom. After you save it, we'll let you go home. And so he, it's, it's. I don't want to tell you too much, you gotta, <laughs> but it's about what happened to him, right? It's about, like, you go on these big adventures. I mean, have you guys ever gone on vacation, like a big vacation, like overseas or another, like, you know, like a resort or anything? No. <laughs> oh, you're I have. All right, finally. All right, so what? Yeah, I know. I'm quiet over here. <laughs> I know you are. Okay, so talk, tell me about this vacation. Okay, so we went to, uh, I was in college, and we, we took a week, and we went to uh, Vienna and mm-hmm. Prague and uh, Budapest. It was great. Okay, now here's the thing. Were you living in the dorm? Where were you living? At, like, oh, you no, living? We, we stayed in hotels. No, where were you living at here in the States? Oh, in Texas. In, in like, she's, she's in the dorms in college. Yeah. So you're you on this trip, this whole thing, it's amazing. And then you went back to your dorm room. Your dorm room was probably like super fucking small feeling, right? Like it felt weird. Oh, yeah, totally. That's what I'm trying to do with this in a way on a much bigger, bigger level nice. is that idea of like I know like last year we went to uh, as I told you guys went to Mexico last year. I usually go to Mexico once a year. We didn't go this year. We're going to Hawaii instead. But we usually go to uh, we usually go to Mexico for about a week. And so. We're in Mexico, and we were staying at this, like, really fancy, like, all-inclusive resort. You know, we treated ourselves, right? And we got, like, the nice room and all that kind of stuff. And then we came back to my house, and I was still living in my old apartment. And I remember, like, walking into my apartment and being like, well, first of all, my place is really small, and I live like a slob. Jesus. (laughs) And and so that's what it made me sort of, like, that went into this book. And I was writing about other things, but just the idea of how when you go on these adventures and you come home, like, how do you just, like restart your life almost you know like it's always kind of hard to get back to work when you've been on vacation or anything oh, that's like that the or, worst right well an adjustment period yeah so this is a much bigger version of that where it's like 
you know, there there is a certain element of soldiers returning home in our story because how do you like? But if, if you're in like this fantasy the soldiers, world, the soldier's a kid, right? And yeah, so you fight a dragon. How do you come home and you're like trying to explain to somebody like I fought a dragon? It wasn't as cool as it sounds, yeah. you know. Uh, like bad things happened, and I saw a lot of. <laughs> it was really fucking stuff. stressful. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So he saw bad things, and now it's having a return. There's more going on. Like I don't want to ruin things for you guys because it gets much like darker than this. It's cool. And it's much more complicated, but yeah, it feels like Narnia. You know, the kids go off. But when they come back, yep. everything is still cool. With your story, it's not that cool. Yeah, yeah that was a major influence on this was Narnia, actually. It's like ah. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, like they come back, and it's like, we're kids again, and, you know, Yay. no time passed. But in this, it's like, for them, it was minutes. You remember, like, they came through yes. it in minutes. Yeah. With this, is a year later, and so they come back, and it's like, well, the mom and dad are on the verge of divorce, and everyone thinks the dad murdered the son. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, it's gonna be interesting because there's like two oh, man. I don't think I too much. There's two really big twists, and I'm really curious people are gonna <laughs> think when they read it. Um, but uh, yeah, like a lot of crazy stuff happens, and so it's about stories about family, about fathers and sons, and mothers and sons, and you know, it's like there's a scene in issue four where God, I'm, I'm, I might be telling you guys too much. There's a scene in issue four where the mom is talking to an FBI agent about how she she's always been the responsible parent. Right. Like the dad got to be the fun one. The dad got to be the one that, you know, she had to discipline them and he took them out for ice cream Hmm. and how it's always been her responsibility to clean up the mess and how now there's a mess and it's up to her to clean it up kind of thing. And a lot of stuff's about just just families, you know, and sort of the, the relationships that people have with each other and families. While and also at the same time while you're dealing with the tragedy. And it's like if you lost a child and then found out that you could get them back and you have them back, what would you do to keep them? But at the same time dealing with these horrible things that happened to you. And again, my my dad, uh, my dad was overseas a lot when I was a kid. And when I sent him this, I took out all the PTSD, all the information I had about soldiers and sort of returning home syndrome stuff and sent everything to my dad. And he read it and then immediately wrote me back like this is a lot like someone who has PTSD and like started sending me books about stuff and information about it because he was just like, this is what this is like. It's like, you know, when you come back and you're like trying to explain to somebody what happened to you overseas, it's, it's no different than saying I fought a dragon. Like they're not going to understand because they weren't there. And in this case with Mikey, who's a kid, there's no one for him to talk to. There's no one there that has the same experiences. And there's no, there's no group session. There's no therapist. There's no VA center. It's just him. And sort of him having to deal with it. But we got, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been super intense writing that book because it's, Man. we got to make sure that it feels real and the fantasy stuff we want to make sure feels original and epic, but at the same time familiar. We were trying to have this come out last year, actually. It's almost, it was supposed to come out. It was never going to come out when we thought it was going to. I think at one time we wanted it to come out in like October of last year. Mm-hmm. And it was just no way. Cause I mean, I was taking forever writing the scripts because I was just like, being super hard on myself with them i mean that first issue is 30 pages long of story and then there's like a map in the back there's all kinds of stuff in there um like that first issue is super packed with it with the stuff and we had trouble finding an artist so we talked to a lot of people and it wasn't working and i remember my editor sean mackowitz he had worked with andre on some other stuff at dc and they uh he thought well about this guy and i wasn't sure i don't know i wasn't at first, I wasn't sure. But then he started turning in, like, he did get a couple of roughs and some sample pages. And I was like, no, this is the guy. Like, he just nailed it. And it's so imaginative. And it's so, like, his, his detail, his facial expressions, all this stuff he does. It's just, like, so cool and so on 
like on point, but then beyond what I was expecting, which is the best thing you can ask for. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it sucks because like we're, we're being so on top of spoilers for the book that we're only sending out like small previews. And we ended up at San Diego Comic-Con handing out like PDF copies to people, like printouts of it to people hmm. so they could read like to retailers and stuff. But with the with the thing of like, please do not spoil this book. You know, just read it. Don't post it online. Don't post scans or anything. I mean, it's been it's been crazy working on that thing. It, it's it's weird to think that it's almost coming out. You know, like it's funny whenever I see stuff from it. Like, I mean, by the time issue one comes out, we'll be working on issue five, like probably wrapping up issue five. And it's always just nutty. You know, it, it sounds really cool. It sounds like such an awesome story and so different from anything that anybody in comics has done yet. Uh, I'm really excited to check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah, we just try and do something different. It'll be interesting, you know, a couple of years, all these different books. I mean, I try to keep everything still kind of grounded and still have my my style. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what people think after reading Now by or after reading Ghosted because this one is a little it's it's bigger, you know. I feel like it's a much bigger story than anything I've ever, I've ever done. It's a different uh, kind of horror because you're basically talking about a parent losing a child. That's probably your worst nightmare ever. That's what I was telling people because somebody asked me this and I talked about that at the we did a skybound breakfast where I basically sat with a huge room full of retailers and I basically presented the book to them and talked to them about it and talked about how important the book was to me. And that was the thing I mentioned that I'm like, you know, I know that I'm mostly known for horror and this is a fantasy book to me like it opens with the scariest thing that could ever happen like a child goes missing you know like that's fucking horrible so I'm, i wonder if that's how it'll go i mean i've talked to a lot of people about it who've said that yeah it's it feels intense because it feels real it, I, so I, let's hope <laughs> yeah i can't wait for it as well and i'm telling you it's, Thanks, I, it's gonna be awesome and i <laughs> just a little story on that if I was yeah. the child that disappeared, the first thing that would happen when my father saw me is he'd beat my ass. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you know what? My yeah, my dad would have been pissed. Like I would have, yeah. <laughs> Probably on the same thing. Um, but you'll see when the story comes out, man. It's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> well, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you on that. All right, fire away. Go ahead. Um, I don't know the sword. The, the I saw the the title somewhere. I forgot. It has the the H is like a sword, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was kind of cool. And everything that's going on in there is a lot of talk about destiny. Being the religious faith that I am in destiny, are you a type of person that kind of believes that in yourself as well? Is that going to, I mean... Or- you know, my, my thing about destiny is this, and, and yeah, the, the book's a lot about destiny because there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, if it's I told destiny. you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I told you that your entire life was about this one moment, right? Like everything about you, you were born... You know, everything you ever be was all about this one moment. Once you accomplish that moment, what do you do with your life, right? And that happens in real life, too. It's not about picking up a sword and fighting a dragon. Again, it's like that happens in real life. Like there's people out there who are like – and I, I was in uh, Bendis's writing class, right? Like I was one of his first students at PSU uh, five years ago. And he talked about how there were creators who were like my life goal was to write Wolverine. And then they would write Wolverine and they would quit. And he never understood that. That was weird. But I understand that, but on, on different levels, you know, it's like how there are people out there who are like, my entire goal is I have a kid and they have that kid and then they send that kid out to college and they're like, what do I do now? Right. Like that is there's there's a, a mindset there. Now, with me in Destiny, my problem with Destiny is I'm always very conflicted on my opinions on anything supernatural or anything that I feel like is a karmic thing. Like I catch myself like there are times where I believe in karma and then I don't because the world will constantly show me that karma is not real. But with Destiny, I believe way too much in making your own path and working hard. 
to completely believe in destiny. That being said, it is interesting to me how many odd coincidences there are that happen in life. How many times you'll have sort of an odd set of occurrences all within a short amount of time span, and it just feels like it was planned. It feels like a story, right? Like, it feels like, how could this possibly happen this way, right? And it's a, it's a very weird situation. So, yeah, like, that's that's my take on Destiny, is I do believe that there's something, there, but it's just interesting to me how there's these weird coincidences and these things that feel like, they feel like they were meant to be, right? But there's just that part of me that believes too much in hard work and making and doing your own thing and making it happen for yourself to ever succumb completely to the idea of destiny. Yeah, I have some crazy stuff that happened to me along as a kid, and you're like, what just happened? Leads into a funny moment. But speaking of funny moments, hey, Justin, you're on tap for a funny story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do that then. Let's get on that. Let's get one on Josh, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been thinking about that ever since I got the email from you talking about that. I'm like, what do I have that's funny that isn't, like, disgusting? <laughs> oh, no. You, you, oh, man. That isn't going to, like. If, in all fairness, it was actually my turn to tell a funny story, but I don't have any. Like, I literally have none. What? I, I really don't. I don't. Funny things story. don't happen to me. That's like, that's the thing, Josh. Every week they both they both struggle to find funny stories, and I just have so many. But uh, mine are disgusting stories. <laughs> it's always hard for me to pick which one I'm going to tell. We had the pat touch. <laughs> <laughs> My, mine aren't funny. Like all I did was go to a CPR training today, and I just made fun of the video like to myself. <laughs> so that's not really funny. But I couldn't tell anybody any jokes because like. It had to be like everyone was being serious. I don't know. Like the- oh yeah, everyone's super serious. Yeah yeah. But I was, yeah. they were talking about diabetes, and I was just thinking to myself, oh, this is funny, because, you know, <laughs> And the actors were really bad. They were like, oh, yeah. I'm eating now. Save me. I need a tourniquet. Okay. It was, I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Mine's kind of mundane as well, I guess. Mine's from about, mine's from last week, actually. Uh, we, were, we read all our books on Wednesday, and on Thursday we record. And then uh, Friday night, the ep- or Friday morning, the episodes usually go up. Well, last week we had some stuff come up, and we recorded it on Friday, and the episode came out on a Saturday morning. So I stayed up all night Friday editing the episode, and about 7.30 a.m. I finally finished, got everything uploaded, and I was finally ready to go to bed. Heather had to leave. She had some work she had to do. So I was, I was really excited. I was going to lay in bed and relax and get some sleep. And then I walk in the bedroom, and there's this spider on the floor. Yeah. And it's, it's about an inch and a half to two inches long. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was a brown recluse or what, but it saw me coming, and it ran under the bed. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I couldn't go to bed knowing there was a spider under there. So Heather got her stuff together and left. Uh, <laughs> you were abandoned. I was abandoned. Uh, I lifted up the edge of the, the bed skirt, trying to see if I could see underneath there and see the spider. I saw my two cats. They were sitting underneath the bed, and the spider ran <laughs> towards them, and they ran out the other side. And I was like, well, you guys are completely useless. <laughs> yeah. Worthless cats don't do anything. So I couldn't get him. He got too far into the middle of the bed. So all, all I could do was move the bed. And we have a big king-size bed, so it was not easy to do. I take all the sheets off, all the blankets off, get the mattress off, which weighs a couple hundred pounds, get the box springs off. I finally could see the floor. No spider. Shit. <laughs> Still can't go to bed. I start tearing the room apart. I'm pulling all the dressers out, the bedside table. I'm looking behind everything, seeing if I can find the guy so I can kill him and go to bed. Can't find the spider. 
So I go to get the poison. Poison's empty. I'm like, well, don't know what else to do. I got in the car, drove to the store, bought some poison, came back. Oh, my God. Stayed all the way around the house, all the way around the bedroom, because everything was still pulled out from the wall. Put everything back one by one. Constantly keeping an eye out for the little bastard. Couldn't find him anywhere. Finally put the bed back together. I never saw the spider. I was so angry. I opened the bathroom door. I go in there, and I was just going to go to the bathroom and then go to bed because I was too tired. He's on the shower curtain. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I sprayed, that tough little bastard. I sprayed him with the poison. He drops to the ground and starts running towards me. And I stomped on him about 300 times. <laughs> Picked him up, threw him in the toilet, pissed on him. <laughs> personal there, man. As as you do. Yes. I've never been so mad at a, <laughs> at a spider before, but man, that one pissed me off. And then I finally went to bed. Did I call you like moments after that? Yeah, you called me right after I killed him. I didn't tell you the story. <laughs> so that's not terribly funny, but uh, I guess you can laugh at my pain a little bit because I was exhausted and had to deal with a little bastard spider. I was laughing at your pain. <laughs> I, know, I know you were. I what time you were. did you actually like go lay down? Um, it was about 1.30 p.m. when I finally <laughs> went to bed. In the afternoon. Wow, that's sad. And then you, you got home at 5, so I only got three and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, well, what do you... Hashtag positions uh, life. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, you told a spider story. I'll tell you a spider story. You made, you made me remember something. Uh, do you want to hear the spider story? Yeah, sure, sure. So when I was a kid, I think I was like, I want to say I was like maybe 10, right? Maybe a little older, maybe 12. Um, yeah, I think I was probably 12. So I'm trying to get the ages right in my head. It's not that important, but I'm trying to figure out. I might have even been 13. Um, I have two younger brothers who are named Jacob and Joe. And they are uh, six years and eight years younger than me. So they're a good, good amount of years younger than I am. Um, so one day, uh, I don't know where Jacob's at. I don't know where Jacob is in this story, actually. Um, so one day I'm in the uh, my room, just like hanging out with my friend Brian. And you know, there was two kids, like reading comic books, playing video games, whatever. And then suddenly I start hearing my brother yelling, like screaming. And he's, he's screaming in the bathroom. I'm, I'm talking about, like, bloody murder screaming. <laughs> and I open the door. I swing the door up. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's standing, like, next to the toilet, not on the toilet or, you know, with his pants around his ankles. Well, hopefully not in the toilet. Yeah. No, not in the toilet. But he was, like, standing, you know what I mean? Like, not next to it. But, like, I know what happened. He was sitting down taking a shit. And he, like, stood up and turned around. So he's, like, facing the toilet now. But, like, maybe a couple, like, a foot away from the toilet. And he's still screaming while he's pointing at a spider on the counter uh-huh. that must have like crawled next to him while he was taking the shit. He starts screaming and pointing, like 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 almost crying about this spider. Now, by, by the way, it's important to tell you the spider was a daddy long legs. So like not even a real spider, right? Just like a daddy long legs is fine, yeah. right? But he is freaking the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody else that would be too. <laughs> and so I walked in the bathroom with my friend Brian, and I'm just like, oh, my God, Joe, what is wrong? What is wrong? And he's like, spider, 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 spider. And I'm like, Joe, oh, my God, first, it's just day long. Like, second, stop shitting. <laughs> so he's standing, like, a foot away from the toilet and still pooping. 
like literally shitting on the floor in the bathroom. Yeah, you have no idea how perfect a story that is. I mean, I know you don't listen to the show, oh, probably, but we've... I'm not done. We've had a lot of stories about poop and a lot of stories about sex. Oh, man, let me tell you, I got some... to combine them, so that's out. So, he, uh, if we ever meet at a convention, tell, remind me to tell you about my uh, worst experience in Vegas. I will never tell this story on the air, but I will totally tell you in person over drinks. Anyway, um, so he's sitting there, and he's like... Or he's, I'm sorry, standing there, shitting on the ground in the bathroom, pointing at Daddy Long Legs and screaming. And I'm like, oh my god, this is all happening like seconds, right? You know, it's uh-huh. like a fucking frantic moment. And then my dad runs in the bathroom and like shoves me and Brian aside and is like, what is happening? What is wrong? And my dad is just like, my brother is just like, spider! And my dad, turns out, is also terrified of spiders <laughs> and grabs first a box of Q-tips. <laughs> throws that explodes q-tips like <laughs> flying in the air like it's snowing then grabs a thing of like baby powder throws that boom explodes baby powder all over the place right <laughs> he finally kills the spider this is all ha- again this is happening in like seconds like i'm telling the story way longer than it actually happened and i'm like oh my god what is just what the fuck just happened and my dad is like like breathing heavy like oh god i think i killed it and i'm like dad well here's the problem like i'm not worried about the spider now i'm worried about joe shitting on the floor and he's like what <laughs> and he's like where's the poop and i look at my brother and i look at my dad and my dad looks out his foot oh. and his, left, his left bare foot is covered in my brother's shit <laughs> and i'll always remember he just turned looked at us and was like get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we closed the door and ran in my room. We we're laughing our asses off. Oh my god. Um but yeah, so my brother shit on the floor, my dad stepped on it, all because of a daddy long legs. That's freaking awesome. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my funny story then. I was trying to think of something earlier today when I saw the email, but yeah, I, uh that that's pretty good. I think that's a good one. So is your brother Joe bigger than you or is he smaller? He was, he's my little brother, but he is way bigger than me now. I uh, would not answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Like he, it's so funny because like, you know, my, my dad is still taller than me. My brother, Jacob is about the same height as I am. But Joe, dude, that guy is like a beast. Like he's, it's funny too, because you're a kid, he wasn't that big. But like, man, like I hit puberty, all of a sudden he got to be like, and he's a big dude. And it's so funny because yeah, he's like, he's still a chicken shit though. Like he's still, I'm, my brother, my both my brothers are like that, man. My both my brothers, oh man. I always make this joke to people, and I'm kind of joking and kind of serious, and I feel bad. My brothers have listened to this, but I don't feel that bad. Both my brothers are kind of, they're, they're kind of douchebags. <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it. Um, they're both kind of, they're both a little on the like bro dude side. Okay. And uh, one of them is actually getting better. Like he finally moved out of my mom's house, and. Uh, when he's, by the way, he's like 27. Finally went to my mom's house and it's kind of like, like went back to school and is actually now getting his life together, getting his shit together. But he was a douchebag for like 27 years. Um, <laughs> like he wanted to open a, let me put it like this. He wanted to open a hookah bar in Vegas, like, and be a club promoter. That is the kind of person he is. Um, where the other one is just, oh man, dude, I don't even know how to get into it. He's just, he's just like an idiot. <laughs> I feel bad, it's, but uh, not really. Um, but yeah, he's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> oh, if they listen to it, that's their fault. Well, my brother my brother Joe, like, I mean, he could be a good kid, but he just does dumb things. And 
and, he doesn't and shit one on of them is. Anymore, does he? <laughs> What's that? He doesn't shit on the floor anymore, right? Not that I know of. Oh man, the stories, the story, like that. That's like the tip of the iceberg with that kid when it comes to poop stories. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, one thing he used to do. This isn't a poop story, but he would always go to the bathroom. We had this one house we were living in when I was in high school, and he would always go to the bathroom with the door open. And I don't know, I don't know why. Like he just, he just always would. He would never close the door. And so I would constantly see this kid peeing. And I'm like, dude, like, we're at home. Like, close the fucking door. Well, here's the thing, though. He would always pee the exact same way. He would pee with one hand on his waist and the other hand on the wall next to him. <laughs> and his aim was for shit. So there would just be pee, like, everywhere. And I'd always, so I'd always see this kid just this, like, oh, I guess that's confidence. I don't know what that is. Like, I mean, <laughs> you're just thinking, like, this is how I'm going to do this. I don't, yeah, I don't know we, what he was thinking. We have some guys that work with us that's, that go to the urinals, uh, and they do the Superman pose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dudes in the urinals, they high-five each other after a great piss. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. That's weird, weird bathroom experiences. That are just... You should go back and listen to uh, some of our older <laughs> stories. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so my brothers, there's, I mean, that they they are like an endless flow of, of stuff. Because even when I moved out, because I moved out when I was 18, and they were, you know, they weren't even in high school yet. Every time I would go back, or every time they would come and stay with me, like, something would happen. And it's at that point, man, my brother, he gets so mad. Jacob gets so mad whenever I tell stories about him. He gets so pissed. There's one story about, when he was a baby, I tried to change his diaper when I was a baby, but I didn't know how to change diapers yet. And so I held him upside down by his ankles and tried to, like, basically wash, you know, wash on, wash off his butt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. So me and my friend Brian were, like, trying to get him to change his diaper, and it was a disaster. And my family loves that story. It's really funny. And it's one of those things, like, whenever our family gets together, someone brings it up. And my brother gets so pissed. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, it's all right. You were a little kid. Like, you don't even remember. You had no control over that. It's not your fault that mom was, like changed his diaper and I had no idea what I was doing. You know, what are you going to do? Anyway, there you go. <laughs> I completely understand. I have a lot of stories about my sisters that have not made it to the funny story segment yet, but I'm sure when I run out, run low on the TV, they will. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I understand. Well, anyway, I should let you guys go. It's getting to be a little bit later for me. Okay. I, to, uh, I have to actually get back to work because that's how much work I have to do. We really appreciate you coming on. It was awesome to talk to you. Yeah, man, thanks. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you guys read the books. You know, thanks again for having me on and really for just, you know, buying the books, reading them. It's always cool to talk to people who buy a lot of comics like I do because I don't really talk to many people who do. And it's just cool to hear you guys, you know, actually like my books. Yeah, we love them, man. Yes. You're very talented. Everything you put out we've enjoyed so far. Well, I hope you enjoy No Butter 5 because it has extra pages in it because we had a lot of stuff going on in that issue. And and Ghost is just going to get crazier. And I'm I'm really curious what you guys are going to think about Birthright. Cool. Well, maybe we'll have you back on some other time. Yeah, man. Let me know. I could try to figure something out. Awesome. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks, Josh. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right. Have Take a good day. You too. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. That dude is blowing up. His stuff is all over the place. Yeah, man. he's so many awesome. good books out right now. Well, uh, I guess we gotta we got to promote our sponsor. Oh, yes. So uh, if you enjoy the show, if you like hearing these interviews we do and you like hearing us tell funny stories... Yes. Uh, you can support us in a few different ways. You can go to audibletrial.com slash comicalpodcast. Mm-hmm. Sign up for a free 30-day trial. And that comes with one free audio book. If you don't like the book, you don't like the narrator or whatever, you can always exchange it. 150,000 titles. 150,000 titles to choose from. Wow. How many? 150,000. Wow. One five old, baby. <laughs> That's impressive. 
Uh, you can also support us by going to tweakedaudio.com and buying some headphones. Yeah, you can listen to our podcast on them things. Yes, that's exactly right. They, they, the podcast sounds amazing. <laughs> you, know, you know, I even have a pair, and they're pretty fabulous. The noise-canceling function on those things is just out, outstanding. Yeah, uh, I can't they, actually, they actually sound way better than my Sony ever did. I can't hear people creeping up on me. No. <laughs> That's how Horseman you find one nine keeps getting the sleeve stack. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, I just drive with mine. I put mine in when I'm driving, and I well, can't hear anything. That's probably not good. What I know. <laughs> I'm I'm just just <laughs> You're that person, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we just get unsponsored. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, no, no. the podcast does not recommend driving with your earbuds in. <laughs> However, no, they're great when you're sitting in a cubicle listening to podcasts. Yes, it is. Especially ours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like the like the 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 micro machines guy? Tweet out your headphones, Michael Loop. So there's another way for them to give us money, man. Tell them about it. Uh, if you really like the show and you really want to support uh, monetarily, you can always do that through our Patreon site, patreoncom podcast, or directly through our PayPal link, which is on our website. And that's <laughs> the email address that's attached to that is comicalpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, any money that we do get, any support we do get, goes towards improving the show, uh, gets us flyers, gets us business cards, gets us new equipment for taking on the road, because we've got more cons coming up soon. At the end of this month, August 29th and 30th, we're going to be at the Amazing Houston Con. Amazing! Uh, there's so many cool people coming. Jim Lee's going to be there, Rob Liefeld, a lot of other people, a lot of writers and artists. I'm super excited to go to that. How many yeah. shows are we going to do? Two. Two. <laughs> we'll do a show night for that, for sure. Uh, I really want to get some interviews. I'm, I'm super stoked to be going to that one. And then at the end of September, we're going to the Alamo City Comic Con. San Antonio! Which, that is going to be a media extravaganza. There's so many cool people coming to that as well. Man, we're going to be exhausted at that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be really tired, but it's totally going to be worth it. I oh, yeah, it is. I can't wait to go. It's going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we need money for the hotel. We don't want to stay on the Riverwalk. <laughs> we'll make it work. We can bathe in the Riverwalk. We might oh, be no. for that one. <laughs> oh, you're bathing alone in that. Actually, there's a, there's a Deadpool variant cover that's going to be exclusive to Alamo City Comic Con, which is Deadpool jumping into the <laughs> into the San Antonio River. How much is that going to cost? Isn't that like, uh, what's his name? Yeah, did? it's making fun of the Steve-O thing. Nice. <laughs> he like almost drowned too, like because like the water's only like four feet deep or something. Yeah, Deadpool survived. Nice. <laughs> so I guess you'll be picking that up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, just want to remind everybody, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. Find us on Twitter. I'm at comicalpodcast. Miguel's at comicalpodcast2. Heather is at comicalpodcast3. That's right. Hit me up. She needs followers. Mm -hmm. I need followers. Miguel doesn't need any followers. I need all kinds of followers. <laughs> hey, I need the most followers. When you follow me, you become a minion. That's an exclusive class. Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. Also, please go on iTunes and Stitcher and like our shows and leave us five-star reviews. Uh, we're trying to get those numbers up. We'd really appreciate it if you take a little bit of time and do that for us. Are you demanding or are you asking? I'm asking. I said, oh, please. Okay, you got a fist. <laughs> yeah, you're making a fist It's for you. Don't throw, punch, don't throw punches on this show. <laughs> the feast is for you. Whoa. Look here, hashtag Dill Pickle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go look at my Twitter feed from the, today. Yeah. I took a picture of a Dill Pickle and, and tagged it, hashtag the Dill Pickle. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost trending. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. I think we should also mention the a ALS. Yeah, we also were challenged by Adam Garza from the Comic Syndicate to participate in the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, Miguel and I both put up videos, which you can find on Twitter or Facebook. And? And uh, we challenged a few other people, other podcasters and whatnot, including Bri-Fi. Mm -hmm. His video just went live. Yes. And we also donated money to the Society. 
to the people I posted they already have theirs out there as well. And then earlier today, Heather did the same thing. So Yep, I did mine as well uh, and nominated some other members of my uh, trio in addition to thanking you two gentlemen for nominating me. Oh, yeah, but don't forget, you also nominated Wolfer Brumley. I did. I sure <laughs> and did. And he does it. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I, he's probably like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and why are they saying I found this? the cure for diabetes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> ice water. Drink <laughs> <laughs> lots of No better than another person we know uh, who said he was pro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be really funny if he, like, said something about us, though. Yeah, that would be. And then uh, last week we did an awesome new segment called Dear Lord Horse to Cleese, and we've asked our listeners to write in to comicalpodcast at gmail.com with any advice they might want to ask to Lord Horse to Cleese. We already got a few responses, which are awesome, and will be on the next show or the show after that. I haven't decided yet, but we still need more. So if you have anything you want to ask him, you know, how to improve your love life or how to... <laughs> Find a better job or how to get a free meal. That's the one you can probably actually answer. <laughs> you may want to write in and, and we'll see what we can do about getting him to answer that on the show. Well, he's kind of hurting right now. He's horse to freeze right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> bucket of ice will do that to you. He's still recovering. Yes. Lastly, I want to mention thanks again to Josh Williamson. And next week we're going to have Alex Link on the show. Alex Link is the uh, scriptwriter for Drumheller, another image book that we're big fans of. So make sure to tune in and listen to that. And I think that's all we got. Anything else? No, I got nothing else. I was still pretty stoked. I'm still kind of like, you know, just on a high from listening to Josh, you know, Joshua talking about his books. And I'm excited for his new one coming out. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. That's pretty much it, guys. So keep on laughing, bitches. He's a dick looker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.